In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Hey everyone, welcome back to Quality Matters. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. Uh, just a reminder, we talked about it last week, but we have a LinkedIn page just for Quality Matters podcasts. Yes. And so you can go to LinkedIn and search hashtag Quality Matters and follow us there and hopefully interact with us. We love to hear from yes. our listeners. Especially all you down in Australia. I see you every week yeah, downloading stuff. Yeah, man, contact us. <laughs> we want to hear from you. Who's listening down there? Yes. So we know you're listening. We can see we where see you it are. every week. <laughs> every week, y'all are there. So thank you for yes. that. <laughs> the second thing is we are having a live face-to-face -face event. And with, if you listened last week, we talked about it. What were you going to say? With real people? With real people. <laughs> um, and it's our first face-to-face -face Quality Matters event that we've hosted. We've, yes. had a, we've been a part of other things. Right. So um, we're excited about this. It's at Fogo de Chao on mm -hmm. Westheimer on March 2nd. Yep. But we have to have our count in about a week before. We only got 15 spots, y'all. Only 15. And, you By know. By the time this airs, hopefully we got a lot, lot less. Yeah. So. <laughs> hopefully you've already signed yes. up. It's $25 per person. Lunch is provided. It's at 11 a.m. Yep. So pop on over. It's going to be an hour-long discussion. Yep. We'll have a panel. It's going to be quality. Oh, my gosh. I just had a brain fart. Quality management <laughs> for small business. In this new economy. Yeah, that's sticking around. So, And we'll be live streaming it, too. And we'll be live streaming it. So if you can't make it out, if you're in Australia and you can't come, yes. <laughs> just watch it. Um, but there's going to be lots of good food there, $25 mm -hmm. per person and a panel. We haven't quite set the panel yet, but maybe three to five people yep. on the panel. Um, and we'll be there and get to talk it's to be you. Fun. Yeah. So last week, we kind of talked about the differences between Six Sigma and Lean Six Sigma and ISO 9001 mm -hmm. and what those were. Hopefully, you've caught that episode. Yes. Um, and that came up because I found a case study on ASQ okay. about baseball. Well, that's fun. And I... I think everyone knows there's a lot of statistics that go on with it, but there are, no one knows and much I am beyond just that. always wondering... Who is doing all those statistics? Like, who is in the background running it, da, 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 you know, figuring this out so fast? Because, I mean, they are, if you ever watch a baseball game or listen to a baseball mm -hmm. game, they're like, oh, da, da, they've got it there so fast. In high school, um, we had a, now this was way before, you know, cell phones and portable <laughs> computers and stuff, right? We're old. Yes. So there was no <laughs> such thing as a smartphone, right? And uh, laptops were questionable. Um, but, you know, we went to a high school and they went to state, you know, so many times. So they had an athletic budget. And it was probably bigger than the budget for the whole rest of the school. Any case. <laughs> That's the way it is. Yes. So this thing cost like $10,000. And what it thing? was, I'm about to tell you, it oh. was, it looks like today a, a, a really thick mini iPad. Okay. And it was used for nothing but tracking statistics and ball games. Oh my gosh. And so we had one of uh, you know, there was a group of a few computer geeks and so they had one of us uh take it and he would enter in 
every 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 detail of every play um, from the baseball games into this computer, and then we download it and analyze it. So would he enter it during the game or uh-huh. after? No, as the game was playing, he'd punch in. It had like so many shortcut keys. It was really cool. You know, it was a, you know, this strike or this, that, or whatever it was. And I can't speak intelligently all that. I just remember <laughs> being in awe over this The technology. Device. Yes. That's the way Kyle is, the technology. So I found this article, and I was really excited to read it because it was about baseball. And I really like to watch the Astros. We live in Houston. You got about Um, two pages in, and your excitement ended, didn't it? Pretty much. (laughs) Um, I was really excited. And and like Kyle said, I started reading it, and I was really like, okay, let me go back and reread that and try to understand, which most of the time when I read stuff like this, I'm just – read it once and say, I don't know that I give up. I'm not Mm going to try, but I really wanted to, because it was baseball and I really enjoy baseball and I have a feeling our listeners like Mm -hmm. baseball. Um, but I couldn't. And, (laughs) and I didn't even finish. But the concepts are pretty simple. I didn't even finish the article and I'm not even sure if they were talking about baseball or six Sigma and using baseball to help you understand six Sigma. So probably both. That, that's both. where I am it's both. on this. Um, but now, after having had our discussion last week about Six Sigma and what it means, I get the analogy. Yes. So they were comparing the strike zone mm-hmm. to, I assume, the bell curve and the standard deviations. Yes. Um, and so for those of you that maybe don't watch baseball, the strike mm-hmm. zone is over home plate mm-hmm. and then... <laughs> there's a lot of words involved in this the midpoint between the shoulders mm-hmm. and the top of your belt so you know the midpoint of your torso basically right and your knees yes and so that's the strike zone mm-hmm. and it's like you so can't many see inches me from the demonstrating box. with my yes. hands <laughs> it's so many inches from the batter's box for the lower limit so many inches away from the batter's box for the upper limit. Well, that's what I thought too, but I was looking and it really is just like, I think the home plate. Okay. And the Well, reason... the home plate's still so many inches away from the back. Well, yes, box. yes, yeah. yes. And so I thought that beyond home plate, you were allowed so many inches, mm-hmm. but I don't think so. Mm-mm. And what I read was that the ball, as long as the center of the ball is within that line, mm-hmm. but maybe some of it is outside of that line. Right then it's still a strike. Right. It's the center of the ball, which it's beyond me how any ump can reasonably determine that the center of the ball is within or outside the line going 80 miles an hour flying across the plate. It's not my job. I don't want it to be my job (laughs) because they get yelled at a lot. Just a little. (laughs) But they probably don't hear it, so it doesn't matter. Um. So that's what this article was comparing the Six Sigma to, getting it within the -hmm. strike zone and keeping it there. But I think they were discussing how people on the baseball team, employees, Mm -hmm. watch those pitchers and record everything to see when he starts going outside of Mm -hmm. the strike zone and is this becoming our new normal and do we need to pull him out? And that's how the decision's made. Yeah. To pull him out. Yeah. Well, I mean, in baseball, if you get, you know, you don't have to get many strike, uh, many bad pitches before the whole game changes. Right. So if they can know with some level of confidence, 
you know, 95% the goal. So if they can know with some level of confidence. Wait, 95% is the goal for what, Six Sigma? Yeah, you want to have or a 90 for... Either way. Okay. You want to have a 95% confidence interval. So what that means is based on your numbers, which we're not going to talk about the math here, any beyond this, but based on your numbers, you can guess where the range that the next pitch will be with 95% accuracy. So once that... So that 95% mm-hmm. is not, I'm hitting the strike zone 95% of the time. That's what we calculate correctly. I can predict where you're going to throw it next time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. To all you sports fans, <laughs> <laughs> my mind is blown right now. <laughs> Because how many of us have watched a baseball game and, you know, see the pitcher pitch and ended up, you know, with so many runs and bases loaded and, oh, my gosh, now he's going to blow the game for us. Why do they still have him in? Uh Uh-huh. Because they they know what he's going to do. Even though he's going (coughs) to screw it up? (laughs) Well, well, that's where where maybe it's not – Maybe people are making some decisions that the numbers are disagreeing with. But with okay. each pitch that he throws, they know if he's going to throw this type pitch, if they can accurately guess what's going to happen to it, they're going to leave him in. Okay. So. this Okay, let's just clarify. This is based on Six Sigma principles that Kyle is quoting this for. He correct. has never worked for a baseball team no. to know this. No. <laughs> So, but it would be the same thing in a manufacturing facility as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, say you've got you know a couple of different machines there. In any case, we can go all the analogy there. We'll stick to baseball. <laughs> um, but what you can tell though is maybe on his fastball, and we'll just use that as an example. Fastball, he's been hitting the dead center of the strike zone for the first couple of innings, but then come inning three and four, he's he's got a wider scatter. Right. Mm-hmm. So now you are no longer within that 95 percent confidence interval. Now we're going out to I can only guess that he's going to hit it in the strike zone 80 percent of the time. Ooh, that's getting a little dangerous now. So that could be a time when maybe you quit throwing, have him throw a fastball, see if he can hit something else better. So they're measuring each type of pitch as well. Uh huh. And so which then, again, I just have to say, sorry, I know I'm breaking your train of thought. <laughs> Blows my mind. How, I mean, I know this is their job. I know what it, it's what they do. But how you can stand on the sideline and watch a ball fly across a plate at 80, 90 miles an hour and tell that's a fastball, that's a changeup, yeah. that's a curveball, that's a whatever yeah. it is. So some of the decisions of when to change pitchers and even which pitchers to bring in, because you may notice in the games, like they know that they're going to pull someone soon. How do they know that they're going to pull them soon? A lot of times it could be the data telling them, this guy's only got 10 more pitches in him before we can't predict crap what he's going to do. Or even worse, we predict he's going to throw bad ones every time. Right. right. So you can tell his arm's going to wear out at mm-hmm. a certain repeatable rate. The same thing happens with your machine tooling. You know, once the, the hardness on that uh, 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 bit starts to go, man, you can go from slight deviations to terrible uh, machining in minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you know that little telltale sign in the data that it's about to go south, you change the tool just before it does. Okay. So you can predict when things are going to go bad. So, again, with my mind blown a couple minutes ago, (laughs) that goes in reverse. When it appears to us that a pitcher is doing well and they pull them Mm -hmm. and put somebody else in that maybe I don't care for as much as the starting pitcher or whoever, 
then you're saying, what the heck? Why are they right. pulling him? He's doing well, just fine. He may have had some of those telltale signs that, you know, for us as the, and, and again, I'm assuming that the teams are using all these statistical tools in this particular mm-hmm. method, um, but they may see the telltale signs in the data that he started drifting three inches down, you know, to the left. Well, we know that he only has maybe 10 more pitches before we're out of our yeah. confidence. And all we see is he's thrown three strikes in a row and just right. got this person out. Why are they doing yeah. that? And then it can also be used to determine which other relief pitcher they put in. Because you notice, you don't know who that relief pitcher is going to be till he gets out there. I think they do. I think they list that before. Okay. They warm them up. But I feel like I've seen them warm up two pitchers mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I know I said I love to watch baseball, and it's true I do. <coughs> but because of kids, right. <laughs> I haven't watched in a couple of years. They won't sit still and let me watch a yeah. baseball game. Well, you can make a decision on which pitcher would be best to put in against this team. Right, Again, which based is on what the they numbers. do. Yeah. Okay. So you do that based on the so numbers. So in this article, let me just go back and see if I can find the, the author real fast because I want to mm-hmm. give them credit. Um Dennis Chakey, and this is one I found on ASQ um, again. So in this article, they're talking about performing a capability analysis, Mm -hmm. which is watching these pitches, and you mentioned the scatter Mm -hmm. and where they're landing. Um, So one thing you want to determine is, will the process width fit within the customer width? Yes. So in likening this to the pitcher, is the... Is the pitch mm-hmm. going within the strike zone, which would be the customer, customer width. width? Yep. So, I mean, that made it pretty easy to understand. The next question was, are the process outcomes, mm-hmm. which is the pitch, the, yeah, or the, 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 the call, strike, yeah, the, the call, call of the pitch, mm-hmm. centered within the limits specified, which mm-hmm. would be the strike zone? Mm-hmm. And is there adequate room for the process central tendency to drift? Mm-hmm. Without producing a defect, defect or bad product or service. Right. So can that pitch drift? Yep. Without creating a call of a ball. Yep. Because if he, if his scatter is really tight, of course you can't see me holding up by my hands, but if, <laughs> if the, the scatter of his pitches is not much bigger than your fist, oh man, he could drift all over the place and still be throwing He's strikes. He's still got room. But if his scatter is the size of a of a basketball. Uh, he can't drift very much before so many so are going to be So that's what balls. you were talking about a few minutes ago. You might still be in the strike zone, and that's what we're seeing on TV uh-huh. as we're watching. But his drift mm-hmm. is, you know, getting more wild within that strike zone. Yep. So now we're going to do something about it. Yep. Which is still blowing my mind that all of this is happening in the background. Beyond the announcers throwing out all their stats, these teams mm-hmm. have somebody watching, you know, we sometimes the the T V channel will pop up the strike zone and show the ball. Yep. But these teams have that clearly yeah. going all the time. Oh yeah. To see where his pitch is landing. 100%. And if it's drifting too much within the strike zone, he might get pulled. Yeah. Okay. I again in high school it, only because I was Oops. a computer geek, I got involved in this. But um, we would go sometimes frame by frame to see exactly where those pitches were landing. During and, the game? Uh, after the game, because we didn't have the, the technology yeah, to do it, right. do it then. But yeah, we would take the literal film, mm-hmm. quite literal film, and we would go through frame by frame to see exactly where this guy's pitches actually landed. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's and a lot so that's the other thing. Beyond studying your own team, now you've got to study the team you're about to play uh-huh. to watch that pitcher and see uh-huh. how far in do, do his pitches start drifting, and when can I start swinging at uh-huh. these wild pitches, uh-huh. or when can I catch him off guard and shake him up a little bit? Uh-huh. So some of the times where we see a guy, you watch him, it's like, why the heck didn't he swing? Why didn't he swing? He should have swung. Well, he could have been told, you know, let it go. That's likely going to be a ball. Mm-hmm. Who knows, right? But you know, these are things that you can do once you have the numbers. Yeah, that is crazy. It's so crazy. So the third question is, how much drifting can the process central tendency incur before broaching any of the limits imposed on the process by the customer set specifications? Yes. So how much drifting are we going to allow before mm-hmm. we say no more? Yep. Basically. Yep. And, you know, if you're in a uh, manufacturing environment and you're tracking all of this number, you can see those tendencies. These are uh, what they call control charts. And I uh, uh, forget his first name, guy named uh, Schuhurst. So we've got all these Schuhurst control charts. And so he went through, and this was before we had modern computers that calculate all this stuff on the fly, created all of these massive charts so that you could see if your data was hitting a certain pattern. And if your data was hitting a certain pattern, you could predict how many operations until you're out of your tolerance Hmm. and with what confidence you would be out. And so control charts are still used all the time today but we've got you know modern computers to do it rather than some guy with a slide rule on a literal chart (laughs) tracking the uh the data this is just crazy to me it's amazing i mean think about you know uh, if you go buy a a car right so so you're gonna buy a brand new car let's say it's thirty thousand dollars (laughs) okay i'm a little bit on low end right but it's good for my example here so if you're gonna buy a car that's thirty thousand dollars think about all of the metal that's in there like the scrap value of that metal and then you think about all of the thousands of pieces that have had to be machined and tooled and the engineering that went Mm -hmm. into designing it it blows my mind that you can sell this thing for thirty thousand dollars and make a profit hell if you sold it for a hundred thousand dollars it still blows my mind that you could sell it for a profit because there's no way in heck that I could build that for $100,000. It cost me many millions of dollars to do it. Mm -hmm. My point being that they can do that because they have such incredibly tight control of the processes over such a large volume Mm -hmm. that you can root out all the defects. That are going to cost you money. Yes. So, all right. Well, this was fun. It is. I really enjoyed that one. Thanks for listening, y'all. Kyle with Quality Matters. We have been looking at the statistics on our podcast, and the outside of the U.S., Australia is where we get the most downloads from. So, guys, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I won't dare try to make a uh, Australian accent because you probably make fun of my Texas accent, but we'd love to hear from you. You know, uh, send us an email, uh, podcast at texasqa.com, uh, or email me directly, kchambers at texasqa.com. Uh, comment, subscribe, let us know what you think.